All right, so welcome to our podcast. It's called High Points with G and Jess. I'm G. I'm Jess. <laughs> so basically what we'll be talking about is a lot of different points that we think about while we're high. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's come up with a lot of different interesting conversations between you and me. I mean, no, but you and I have been having these high talks like just you know, just random things that enter our mind and having full-blown conversations about it. And we'll have, like, big epiphanies or big revelations. And, and that's always fun. For sure. And I feel like there's something about um, getting high that just relaxes you and gets you to a point where you just kind of want to be fluent <laughs> with your words and you just kind of start pouring either your emotions or your thoughts out. Um, so We've been having these conversations and... Typically, it's in in the floor of our bathroom when we have the exhaust going. And, you know, we're smoking a little blunt or something. You know, um, but there's there's a lot of things that are happening. I mean, we're just going through a pandemic, and and there's a lot of things uh, that you and I typically talk about on a daily basis. Um, you know, when it comes to politics, love, romance, movies, TikTok videos, Instagram videos, memes, you know, everything in between. Habits. Habits. <laughs> Tony Robbins. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Okay. So let's talk about that, actually. I Interesting topic. Tony Robbins. You just read his unshakable book. Uh, you know, how, how did you like it? Like, was it something that you didn't think you were going to end up liking or were you always knowing like, Oh, I'm going to like this. I think that it came at the perfect time in the perfect moment. I think there are other books I would, you know, suggest prior to that, but to add that to that knowledge I already had was like, it took it to another, it was like the icing on the cake. It was like I had been layering up cooking, baking, decorating this cake and that was like the piece de resistance if you will so you ended up liking it more than you thought you would yes and the reason it took me so long to realize was because i already knew a lot of the information in the beginning so it was kind of like more of a review if you will and i felt for me i gain when i gain knowledge or something or i learned something i didn't know that's when i'm like ooh. but i took a while to get to that point with the book but this is such a great book for anyone who doesn't have that prior knowledge. Um, and if you do, like I did, you were still able to get so much towards that middle and the end. What, what was one of the main takeaways from that book that you can share with me? It's great to be a millionaire, but you got to protect your millions. <laughs> and I guess up until that point, you know, I was so focused on how to, um, you know, take what I'm making now and make it grow for me, make money work for me, invest and, not just in one aspect of stocks, but like also in real estate and, you know, in bonds and treasuries. And like, what did that really mean? And um, having read that book, it kind of allowed me to now see, okay, well, now I know how to get to those things. I'm able to make my gains. But what happens once I make them? Like, how do I keep them from being taxed so high when I want to pull? Or how do I pass that on to the next generation without these huge like government um you know inquiries and burdens and them trying to get a piece of the pie you know for anyone even family trying to get a piece of the pie like how do i protect my assets from everyone (laughs) and that's true right because we we have been on a journey of 
uh, building generational wealth through our friend Dr. Hans, the investment tutor who is has been godsend to us. Uh, I mean, I'd like know. to just add the best investing tutor, probably. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I think a, a lot of people, especially people from low income households, they don't know what it's like to invest money because, you know, nobody's taught them that really money should be working for you 24 7, whether it's making you gains or, you know, taking a loss at the end of the day, you always know that the money is working for you. Um, you have to be smart about where you get those gains because you want to make gains, you know, but right now it looks like the market's sort of correcting itself a little bit. Um, you know, a lot of people has, have seen some losses uh, specifically with Tesla, Tesla being like the one most valued stock. Uh, you know, I felt the pain, I bought in, you know, when it was like at seven hundred dollars, and and you know, but I still bought in when it was like five hundred and eighty. So you know, it's like okay, well, I'm buying at the high points, but I'm also buying at the low points because right now it's a sale. You know? Right. <laughs> so it's almost so, like you, you balanced out. Yeah, exactly. So and and you want to have that. You want to have the high points. You want to have the low points, and at the low points are the most crucial because whatever you buy at the low points that's what's going to get you the most gains i mean even if you bought at a high point don't be discouraged it's going to get there it's going to go back there eventually because at one point it was at nine hundred dollars you know and so it's going to go back up to nine hundred dollars at some point um but but yeah i mean building that generational wealth and trying to keep it where uh or keep it from being taxed and keeping that burden away from the family. Most people don't know that. Low-income families don't know that. They don't know anything about about entrustment or, or yeah. not entrustment, but like, uh, you know, setting up trusts for your family members, for your for the future of your family. And it's that's in- what the book also like dealt in with just knowledge that you just don't really, you're not used to hearing like the fact that you can basically start a business and pay your family, employ them, and up to a certain point, it's tax-free, you know? Yeah. Or, like, being able to maybe distribute your wealth by giving generous donations of gifts to family members that are, again, tax-free. It's just, like, a lot of things that, I guess, um, people who are brought up in more of these uh, financial savvy, if you will, homes, or probably this is, like, common sense to them. This is just part of what they're taught from a young age but not for us like this is i'm learning this at 30 years old <laughs> yeah right you always hear the term trust fund babies so yep. now now we and, kinda, now yeah, we no, know no. yeah now we know where the, where it's from right because it's the trust that's yeah. that's <laughs> that's the document that really saves everything right so i just for feel sure. i just feel like um you know when when you learn you teach me things. So you'll learn about this stuff and then you'll teach it to me. You'll be like, I want you to know what I learned. So that's so great that you're doing that. And I, I love that you had so much fun reading it because, you know, it's fi- it's hard to find a book that you can read, enjoy, and not want to put down because you want to keep absorbing the knowledge, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm sure this was this was the book for you that, that touched you and, and said, you know, 
we're we're gonna get some knowledge out of this so you better pay attention yeah for sure um the recommendation came from somebody that i definitely admire so i was i took it seriously so i was gonna give this book a fair chance um disclaimer i actually don't like reading it's not one of my um mm-hmm. how do you say hobbies i i actually force myself to read and i think it's important people um hear this you know how you spend your time will determine like how you spend it now will determine who you will be later and for me it's really important to invest in my education so there's different forms of it and, and I'm not saying you can't get that from watching a movie or a film or a documentary but when you're when it comes to you know kind of um when it comes to educating yourself I think it's really important to take some to find the information because that's another point no one no one told like said here like there's this chapter like read it whatever there was a recommendation but I chose to go and get the book you know and I chose to invest the time to read it and make the time because no one really has time and it's so much easier to let your mind kind of just drift while you're watching a movie and you know relax and there's a time and place for that but there's, there should also be a time where you stop what you're doing and educate yourself, whether it's reading an article online or, you know, watching an educational, de, de, what's his name, DeFranco, you know, political video so you're informed on the news. Like, I, I just think it's really important. So I just wanted to throw that out there <laughs> for anyone listening. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, I, I love learning new things, uh, especially if it's going to make me wealthy. Uh, or just hell yeah who doesn't want to learn about that yeah but you know some people some people don't want to or don't take the time to really understand what being rich means i mean you know you think about these people yes it's a stroke of luck sometimes but you know um there's also uh other vehicles to try to invest your money you know you just have to be paying attention. You have to be willing to learn, to take in the time. I mean, you know, investments, it's not easy to understand them. You have to take a course in investments. You know, I'm so glad you said that because um, I, it isn't. It isn't easy. And to your other point, you know, me sharing this information with you, you were like my soundboard. And I think it's so crucial that everybody finds or at least build a team or a network or friends or you know, mentors where they can like take these questions that I have and always throw at you. Like they need someone too. And I, I'm just so thankful to have a husband who takes the time, who's patient enough to address my questions, my what ifs, my devil's advocate oh, when I well, throw thank you. you. Well, thank <laughs> you. So I, I think um, a lot of my success I owe to you too. It's you kind of like encouraging me to keep learning because I feel like you have my back. And as, as I learn things that might go over my head, um, Mm -hmm. you provide the resource or the feedback or, you know, you, you, you double, like if I have a question, you don't know the answer. You're kind of like, yeah, that's true. Like what is the answer? And we look for it together. And I guess we, we grow stronger too. Um, yeah. As soulmates in that sense. Oh, totally, (laughs) totally. And, and you know, I'm not much of a person to to divulge what I've learned. Like sometimes when I read a book, you'll tell me, be like, so tell me what happened, you know, because I'm not willing to just share that information because to me, um, it's, it's almost exactly what you do. So if to me, if you want to know what I'm into, you'll ask, 
right? If you don't want to know what I'm into, you won't ask. But to you, it's different. You are so excited and so eager to share what you've learned that, like you said, it's like the the springboard, right? Like that springboard. You want to gather your thoughts and you want to just solidify them. So you say, hey, you know, I learned this. What do you think? You know, and, and that's typically how the conversation goes. Like, we'll start, you know, I'll start throwing some ideas or you'll say something that you also learned previously in the book, which is awesome because I feel like a lot of people don't ha- don't do that. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not one of those people, but you are, you know, and that just like that makes it so much better because like you said, um, you I am that springboard to you, but in when I when I wanna when I'm reading a book or and you ask questions, I recognize that that's you wanting to be the springboard to me, you know. <laughs> so. Oh, you're so right. <laughs> a part of it is selfish. It's uh, me wanting to to genuinely. Well, this isn't the selfish part, I guess. But I just I genuinely might have a question that I don't know the answer to, so I ask you. And then the other part of it is. This is information I think you need to know. And I feel like I am saving you the time of having to read this book. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm kind of like your keynote, you know, your keynote speaker, if you will. I kind of, I don't know. I like that. I I feel like we both need to know because if we both know that piece of information, that might change or alter a decision we make in the future. Oh, my God, totally. And that's why I do it. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, I wouldn't have gotten into investing if it wasn't for you. You know, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have learned about, you know, what it takes to invest, what it means, what we have to look for in companies, you know, um, especially if it's, you know, something technology related or a company that we consume goods from. It's it's very it's very different. My life would be very different without you. I definitely would. I don't think I would have invested. I want to bring it back to Unshakable because um, I think this book was the most um the one with the most eye-opening experience for you and i kind of want to talk about that because you had several moments where that book just spoke directly to your heart your soul like everything that you were thinking about you felt like you weren't the only one and we all have those moments you know you always feel like oh man i'm the only one going through this and like to t- to say that no you're not you know like somebody else is also going through this with you you know you had a few moments like that can you can you go into details like about those like what revel- what what did the book the book help you get through i just want to focus on i think it's like one of the last chapters and it basically starts with him basically saying that he has taught you how to uh, secure financial independence and how to secure it um, how to make sure no one takes it, like protect it. And then he's like, but, but if you're looking for happiness or just know this, that, that that's not enough to make you happy. Financial independence doesn't equal happiness. And there's been so many people that have reached financial independence, but then lose it all because they were unhappy or they didn't know how to control their lives or their minds. And that for me was like, um, I don't know. I kind of was intrigued. I was like, what? And then as I read, like you said, it just was so relatable to how I felt about how my mind races or how I deal with depression or how I view the world and how I take on more than sometimes I'm able to um, let go. 
you know, I take on more emotions than I'm able to release. And then, um, I don't know, it just kind of brought me to a community. <laughs> it made me feel like there's a community there. And if yeah. Tony Robbins is leading that community, um, <laughs> you want, you I'm proud. Yeah. I'm proud of our community. You want to be in that community. I want, I want to be a Tony Robbins myself, <laughs> you know, of that community, of our community. You want to partake wanna... in what he's he's giving. I want to elevate yeah, our people. This go. is another, this is my people right here, and go. I want to make sure. <laughs> that's, that's, that's so amazing, because you think about, um, like, you know, that feeling of loneliness for a little bit. It takes you away from that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, just knowing that there are other, that... It, the choice is yours. And how many times have we heard, heard that being said to us? So many times, I feel like. But there's no nothing like someone who just gave you the answer to financial freedom than to, t- like, after giving me that, um, you know, gift, if you will, like, hell yeah, I'm susceptible. I'm open to whatever else you want to teach me because you just gave me the, the best thing you could have. So anything you give on top of that is, like, out of the kindness of your heart. It must be amazing. <laughs> Because you already gave right? me that. So that's what he did, essentially. He gave me financial freedom, and then he taught me how to choose happiness. So I'll, for the viewers, you basically are in two states at all times. You can either be in a state of happiness or a state of, I forgot what he called it, but it's like, you know, just a state of worry, despair, whatever you're feeling. But it's not happiness because you can't be angry and you can't be happy. You have to be one or the other. So you're either happy or everything else. And it was basically about where do you want to put your energy? And um, that has really made a big difference with me and our marriage and our relationships and who I am because I, I realized that the choice really is mine. And I don't know how many times I needed to hear it, but reading it after reading those first chapters and reading that at the very end, it just kind of like sealed everything in a bow finally for me. Like I got it. Yeah. It was the perfect breakdown, if you will. <laughs> yeah. No, and, and you know, um, there has been a, a, a really big shift, like, even in our dynamic, like, relationship-wise. You know, you're you're less willing to take anything that, you know, is, it's not, that is less than, right? You want always more, and you want, you want yourself to do more and be more and you want the same for me. So it's been it's been like a learning experience between the both of us where we have the you know you have the your new mindset, you know, you're gonna make choices to make you happy and not the other way around. Um Right. Every choice is now intentional, if you will. Yeah. That's that's the the intention of, of moving past that you know despair the feeling of just not wanting to be with you know with people or or be in the happy mindset yes it's it's no longer happening to me it's gonna happen to me so i need to choose to be okay basically exactly Mm -hmm. exactly and that there's no way for you to really you know plan to be happy when these things happen you just have to go and choose it exactly So, so the intent is always to the intent is always to be okay no matter what. And real fast, um, there are moments where you will be sad, devastated. Something doesn't go your way. We are human. But something very important and crucial that I probably left out was that um, he allowed, I think his example was he allows himself to feel 90, 
seconds, I believe, of, of whatever it is he's feeling because he does believe it's important to feel what you are feeling to kind of, you know, have that moment where you sit with it and, you know, if there's a gut instinct or anything, that's the time. Um, but then after that, that's when the choice has to be made. You can't wait too long. You can't dwell too long in any emotion that's not happiness because if you don't want to live in happiness, basically any other emotion can just kind of like take possession, if you will, if you leave that seat vacant. So if, if happiness is not sitting in the seat, any other emotion can come and take its place. And why would you allow that? You know, it's exactly. your life. Mm-hmm. Right. Why would you allow that? I mean, you shouldn't. But sometimes, you know, sometimes that can get the best of us. Because although we want to choose to the intentions of to always be happy and be uh, in a state of mind that, you know, you find yourself being the most productive, uh, sometimes it, 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 you can't get there as quickly. Right. Right. Sometimes, sometimes you dwell on it, but, you know, the intent is still there, but somehow you kind of just kind of want to relve in that, that familiar feeling of just not wanting to given f you know for people like i don't want to give a fuck about this like i, I don't care mm. you know but then but then when you see how it's affecting not only you but everybody else around you that's when you kind of like have to snap out of it and you're like you know i can do better right and just um i think it's important that book probably read it a couple it's only been a couple of months so i can't say that this is I can't say with certainty that this is the solution forever because, you know, at some point I may need to grow to a new level and maybe I'll, a new technique might pl- yeah, totally, take place you know. then. But um, for anyone exactly. listening or watching, I definitely recommend the book um, for financial freedom, first of all. And then if you want to go ahead and learn how to what happiness could mean to you, um, if you're a particular um if you suffer from anxiety, depression, or anything like that, or you overthink, or you're always trying to plan for the future, um, this would be a good chapter to just kind of, you know, hone you in, if you will. So, so um, thoughts about the book, final thoughts. Do Would you recommend this to everybody to go out and read it for themselves? Uh, or perhaps maybe, you know to get knowledgeable about the investment stuff or, or, or would they need to take a class? What, what would you, what do you say? I have a couple of books. <laughs> I'm going to shout out my Instagram real fast. Um, I think it's actually unshakable fan, which is ironic that we're talking about this because that book, um, in the last couple of months really did inspire me. So I literally changed, revamped my whole Instagram just to kind of like pay homage to the book. But I think on my Instagram, I, I list like three or four books that I really truly feel are important. And one book in particular, more important than Unshakable. I love Tony Robbins. And this is my, this would be my second recommendation. But the first book you need to read is The Richest Man in Babylon. I oh, I read believe. that with you. That was amazing. Go ahead. You can say a little, tell them a little bit about <laughs> it. <laughs> well, The Richest Man in Babylon, oh, what it teaches you at its most foundational is that it's, you should always get paid first. It's never about you. Uh, it doesn't teach you how to No, Well, it gives you, um, you know, little examples and, and anecdotes about what that means and, you know, how people in Babylon, one of the 
wealthiest cities in the world at, at its time was able to get to the pretty much the epitome of wealth and just have one guy who's really really rich but then you know what ends up happening is that you know sometimes if you, the riches are not used the right way it can go a little south and so you have yeah. so you have examples and anecdotes of that as you're reading the book but it's give it it sets you up to know exactly what to do with that 10% that you are paying yourself outside of your expenditures and anything else it it sort of gives you the very basic foundation on investments yes and you're right you got the most important message which is pay yourself first and the reason that's so important is because if you in the book it goes into detail but if you're just paying down debt first of all that is kind of a part of life <laughs> i mean you can try your best to live a debt-free life you can try that's you can try, but let's be honest. At some point, everyone has debt. And if you're just focused on debt, 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 when you're when it's all done and paid off, like you still have to eat, you still have to have a, a roof over your head, you still need to consume water. I mean, so if you really think about it, you'll always have debt. So why just focus 100% of your time and energy and your money on just paying down this thing that is always going to be around, right? Yeah, exactly. So with your pay yourself first, that whole philosophy of, of, of investing in yourself in something that can grow, have a gain, maybe become an asset. So in the future you could sell it for more, you know, that's that whole philosophy. And that's why that book is priority number one. And then I would do the unshakable by Tony Robbins and a couple of other good books. If, if you don't want to write all this down, my Instagram has them. It's think and grow rich. I love that book. And then I think I read rich, that book with you as well. You did, and Rich Dad Poor Dad. That's another great book. Of read that one just, too. There you go. So yeah. I think those are life changing books. Yeah, and you know, and I'm thankful that Hans was sort of the inspiration behind all these. You know, he definitely is the person that we looked for. Uh, to learn more about this this thing that's called in the investment world, you know, but that's been going on since the time of Babylon, you know? Yeah. So it's 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 not a new concept. It's a really old concept, but one that really doesn't trickle down to, you know, people in low-income families or, you know, because what they're all basically doing is just trying to survive. So they're not really paying attention. They're not really thinking like, oh, I'm going to pay myself first and, and then invest that money so it makes more money for me. No, they're thinking, I'm going to pay myself first by buying me some nice sneakers. Yo, my clothes is going to look popping. Like, you know, I'm going to get that bag. I'm going to get that phone. I'm going to get that car. You know, that's more debt than actually taking that money and saying, all right, money, you know what, in 10 years, I want to take a vacation to, you know, Australia and rent a yacht. You know, I need 15000 I need I need these $2,000 that I just have to become that 15000 in five years. You know what I mean? Uh, oh, for sure. And I think another part of, of, I guess, building the curiosity and the interest in this whole world is we turned 30, and I think... You know, I was ready to quit work around 26. <laughs> but when I hit 30, I was on another level. I was yeah. like ready to quit that day. <laughs> and I think when you're in your young 20s and you're, you know, you're in college or, you know, 
under 30, you kind of keep thinking you have more time on your side and you keep thinking, you know, it's not so bad. I'm going to find something better. I'm going to find something better. But once you hit those 30s and you're where you are, it kind of makes you re kind of like evaluate your life or it did for me. And it was kind of like, wait a minute. I'm so tired. I'm exhausted. I've been, I feel like I've been doing this forever. I don't love it. The pay sucks. Like, am I going to have to do this till I'm 60? Like, you know, and yeah. that's when I was like, oh no, what else can I do now that will cut that time? Because I don't, I, I want to choose how I live my day. And I think that's another important thing, the why, which I never understood. Everybody was like, find your why. Like, yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> but once I, um, finally found my why it's like something I always keep in the back of my mind and I'm like okay I'm waking up because I need to do this and I need to go get that and I have to provide this and and I have my why so yeah yeah, but I think it also depends where you are age because when you're in your 30s you see life a whole lot different than when you're in your 20s oh my god tell me about it I mean it's not and that's a really great point because you know you're not looking life through the same lens as you were in your 20s right your 30s i mean we bought a house you know how crazy was that that whole experience by itself is a crazy story that we'll get into it in a different time <laughs> but it you know when you're 30 that's what you're looking for you're looking for more of a stability you kind of you know you want to put down roots if you will but it's also one of the great things about you know living your life in your 20s when you're partying going out vacationing doing this i mean don't get me wrong in my 30s i still want a vacation (laughs) but you know i i think less of the partying more of the you know let me let me build my my stock portfolio (laughs) like you know that money that we could spend on a party a thousand dollars how about i throw a thousand dollars in the stock market and just see that thing um but you know it's just it's just great that that we get to to be a part of that, you know? Also, I think we live in a different generation because our parents' generation, they kind of, they saw their parents working for however long it took, 60 and then retire, and it was hard work and, you know, these tough laborious jobs, and that's all they ever knew. But we're from a new generation of technology where you see a 21-year-old making money that you will probably never even have thought you could ever achieve in your lifetime, and they're making on a post. Yeah. Or you got celebrities being sponsored, and it, or you got people on making a TikTok dance video, <laughs> and, <laughs> and it makes you be like, wait a minute, why am I settled here? Yeah. Like, there's people doing all this, and younger and you know not prettier or not more skilled I could be doing that too like and it makes you kind of um want to achieve more in a way and maybe like know that there's hope that there that you can do something different that yeah you know you can be a millionaire at 21 our parents probably would have never thought that was possible but yeah. we know it's possible and that's the difference and and you you touched on a great point that I think um just shows you exactly sometimes how you know that world can be twisty and can be very manipulative because like you said you know you you think of it and you're like oh maybe that girl is not as pretty as me so how come she has so many followers and how come many people so many people are watching her you know it's it really depends on the content right it's the content that matters people there's always con uh, specific content for specific people but if you think about it we have like 8 billion people in the world you know there's bound to be somebody that wants to listen to this podcast to the content <laughs> delivered on this podcast 
So, like, <laughs> or anywhere. Like yeah. one time, real fast, I know I started a YouTube channel, and I think one of my first videos that I put it up there were I reviewed Screamers Pizza. And if you're not from New York and you're not vegan, you probably don't know what that is. Screamers Pizzeria in Brooklyn is a vegan cheese, amazing pizza. It's like street pizza, mm-hmm. but veganized. And I reviewed each flavor that I had bought. I think I bought like 10 different flavors, went home, did a video, and I had views, which means someone was looking for that specific content and found it. Exactly. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that was so much fun watching you do that and edit it and all that. You know, that was 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 really great. It was fun, but it was nerve wracking. And I feel like one of the important things is when you start these kind of like podcasts or Instagram lives or clubhouse or, you know, all the Zoom, like the more you do it, the better you get at it, the more comfortable you become. And I think with our high points, we're even more chilled out because yeah. um, yeah, we're able to just freely say what we feel without being like oh my god let me double guess is that politically correct type yeah of thing. exactly so anyway so thank you very much for joining us for uh today's <laughs> high points you know i'm g jazz you've been listening to high points so we will see you on our next episode thank you for listening